Welcome to the SMC 2022 podcast. 2,000 years ago, Jesus gave an invitation that changed the world. Come, follow me. Today, we have the same invitation. Hello and welcome to the Way of Escape Breakout. So glad that you guys are tuning in. My name is Cameron Moore. I am the campus director at Oklahoma State University. I've been on staff with Stumo for the last eight years now, and I've been here at OSU for just about 12 years. I'm really excited that you guys are tuning in, listening to The Way of Escape. I've seen a lot of people come into college over the years, and I've noticed from personal experience and seeing others that walking with God in college can be really hard. I'm sure a lot of us listening right now have come to Christ recently, whether that was over the last couple of days here at SMC or last semester. But regardless, if you've been walking with God for 10 days or 10 years, we are called to do the same thing. God has brought us out of darkness. He has set us free from sin, where we once had a self-directed life. And now he has brought us into the light, called us holy, which means set apart or without sin. And now we have a God-directed life, and submit to him as our complete authority. And this all happened uh, in one moment. As soon as we started following Christ, we no longer do good works in order to try to gain his approval or acceptance, but now we do good works for God because of what he has done for us on the cross. Now we have this desire to live differently, to obey what God has commanded of us, but at the same time, we're not perfect. There remains a tension between living how God has called us to live and to revert back to who we were. This tension is defined in scripture as temptation. If we were to look at this word temptation, uh, I would define it as this, an enticement to sin either from your own desires or outward pressures. Temptation would be an enticement to sin either from your own desires or outward pressures. So we have been made new in Christ, But we are still tempted to sin, to disobey God, to give in to what we desire instead of what God desires for us. So how are we to navigate this tension? What does it look like now for us as we live this life for God? God's word is filled with answers to this question. And we're going to look at just one of those passages and see what God has to say about it. So we're going to take a look at 1 Corinthians 10:13. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13, which says this, "No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but the temptation he will but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it." So the verse starts off with some reassurance. It says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. Wow, that is very reassuring. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. Meaning, you are not being tempted with anything new. People have been tempted for thousands of years. This is stuff that people have been dealing with. Maybe the context looks a little different uh, because of this day and age. But essentially, we've kind of just been tempted with the same exact things Uh, For all of history, I started to just kind of jot down what were some common college temptations uh, for me and other Pledge Brothers I had in college. Uh, My group of friends as freshmen, what were we tempted with? And I wrote down success and worldliness, substance abuse, whether that was drugs or alcohol, sexual sins, whether that's with another person or pornography, 
gossip and slander, people-pleasing, crude and inappropriate language, jealousy, image management, whether that was how we looked or even how we tried to control how others perceived us. These were all common college temptations. And I see a lot of college students today dealing with the same exact temptations. And that's over the course of 12 years. It's been 12 years since I was a freshman in college, and I'm seeing pretty much the same temptations take place today as I did 12 years ago. Again, maybe the context is a little different. Maybe things have changed ever so slightly, but really that's the same kind of temptation. So let's think through this. Think through what you are tempted with. What is something that you see being a struggle in your life? A sin issue that has been hard to shake. What are you fearful of? Maybe it's a particular friend or family member that will wonder why you're starting to act differently and liked how you were before you started following God. Now you have a dilemma of wanting to please them over pleasing God. Whatever it might be, think through what you are being tempted with. As we continue to go through the verse, keep that in mind and be thinking on how you can use this in your context. So one lie the enemy wants us to believe, and more often than not we do believe, is we are alone. That we're the only ones struggling with this. That nobody else understands. Now, I don't pretend to know the exact situation you are going through or the context or why this particular sin is hard, but I know that someone else does. Somebody else does understand what you are going through. God's word literally says that what you are being tempted with is not new. In fact, it's common. People have been there before you are not alone. Before this verse, the author was walking through story after story in the Old Testament, saying how people were tempted with sexual immorality, with partying, with complaining, thinking themselves as higher than God, trusting things of the world to save them over trusting in God. He goes on to say how we are being tempted just like that, and those stories are examples for us that we might not desire evil as they did. That was thousands and thousands of years ago. Even hearing those examples, I think, wow, we are being tempted with those today. So we are not alone. I can remember hearing somebody confess sexual sin for the first time. I remember a guy saying that he had looked at pornography and that he didn't want to do that anymore. And I can remember hearing that and realizing, wow, I'm not the only one struggling with this. This seems to be something that other people are struggling with as well. And I was believing a lie of, this is only me. I need to get over this by myself. But once I heard him confess, I saw other people around me begin to confess as well. And I just knew that I wasn't alone. I knew that I have to be open and honest about this. I needed to invite people into this area of my life. We can't do it alone. So whatever sin, whatever temptation you are thinking through, this is true of you as well. We have to be open and honest about it. We have to invite people into this. And who knows, if you confess, I'm sure there's going to be other people who are saying, hey, I'm struggling with the same thing. Or, hey, oh yes, I've, I've had to battle that myself. So we need to invite people into this with us. And we need to know that we are not alone. This should reassure us and dispel that lie that we're the only one being tempted in this way. So if we're looking back at the verse, it says that God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. Think on that. God is faithful. Here lies the hinge of truth that all other truth in this verse relies on. God is faithful. We have to know this 
We have to understand this as fact. Don't just pass over it. This is something that we need to think on. We can read throughout the entirety of the Bible and see that it is a faithful God interacting with an unfaithful group of people. He is faithful to whatever he says. Whatever he promises, we can trust that he will fulfill it. He is faithful to who he is. He is never changing. This is the foundation of the promise this verse is stating. We have to believe this before we can believe anything else. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. Here we can see God as our protector. He will not let us. This shows me that he intervenes, that he is actively keeping us from certain temptation. He is keeping us from temptation that we will not be able to handle. It says, it says we will not be tempted beyond our ability. Once we started following Christ, we now have been given power over sin. We are no longer enslaved in bondage, but now alive and set free. Now, anytime we are tempted, we have the power of God in us to resist and overcome any temptation that is coming our way. God does not allow us to be tempted by anything that we do not have power to overcome. That really just kind of reveals God's character. Just knowing like, wow, he cares enough about us that he won't even let us be tempted in ways that we will not be able to overcome. So let's go ahead and look back at that verse. The next part says, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape. So not only does God actively keep us from temptation that we cannot overcome, he also has given us a way to escape it. Think on that word provide. God provides. This will be case by case, and it will look different in different contexts, but the source is the same. God's provision God could provide wisdom through his word to know how to escape certain temptations. God could provide people who have been tempted the same way and bring them into your life that you might receive guidance from them. He could provide alternative housing, a new job opportunity, or a spot at Kaleo in order to grow more in your faith. God has the resources and he will provide. Now let's not think on this in terms of running away from our problems. If we are having conflict with our roommate, our first response should not be, oh, God will provide a new roommate or he will get me out of this housing contract. No, he will provide us the ability to overcome that temptation and escape the result of disobedience. That could look like opening up an opportunity to resolve conflict and love your roommate well. But at the same time, there are circumstances where God provides the way of escape that is to flee the situation. One example comes to mind is 1 Corinthians 6.18 that says flee sexual immorality. That literally says to escape, to get out of that situation. So all that said, God will provide the way of escape. We have to be actively looking for and discerning what that is. So we need to ask for ways out. Pray through certain sin areas and temptation. Asking God for guidance, for wisdom and discernment as you navigate through it. Be on the lookout for how God is providing the way for escape. So to recap, I thought I could break it down into two categories. The first will be truths to remember. So these are some truths that we need to remember from this verse. Number one, it, we need to remember that you are not alone, that everyone is tempted. So remember, number one, you are not alone. Number two, that God is faithful. 
He will fulfill his promises. So number two, remember that God is faithful. And then number three, that God provides the way of escape. That God is the one who provides the way of escape. So we have three truths to remember. Number one, you are not alone. Number two, God is faithful. And number three, God provides the way of escape. The second category would be action steps. So let's recap. Number one would be invite people into this with you. Confess and ask for help. So number one, invite people into this with you. Then number two, pray for ways of escape. Pray for ways of escape. So the two action steps are invite people into this with you and pray for ways of escape. So taking those truths and action steps, we have to remember that one person's way of escape could look very different than another's. Even if it's the same temptation, God can provide one way of escape for you and provide another way of escape for someone else that looks different. Contributing factors could include differences in background, family dynamic, addictions, personality, you name it. Could be a number of different things. But these truths and action steps remain the same. So we can illustrate this uh, with personal stories and stories of friends of mine. So one way I am tempted would be in conflict with my wife. In the heat of the moment, I can be tempted to give in to anger, causing me to say things I will later regret. One way God has provided a way of escape is when I'm feeling this temptation coming on, I can step outside of the conflict and call a close friend for me to process for a few minutes how I'm feeling and what I'm trying to communicate. That way I can come back into the conversation and now I'm able to calmly and kindly talk through it with Catherine. Now this is a way of escape for me. I know other couples who will schedule a time to talk about it later. I know another couple who have to listen to one person and then repeat back to them how they were feeling. And they cannot start talking about how they feel until the other person acknowledges, yes, that is how I'm feeling. That's great. That's awesome. Neither is right or wrong. It's just different for different contexts. And again, we have to come to God in prayer, seek others' counsel, seek wisdom in God's word to know what this can look like in our own lives. Another example would be the temptation of lust. God has provided different ways of escape for different people regarding the same temptation. I know one person who charges his phone outside the bedroom, and now he has removed that temptation for him. I know another who has deleted all his social media accounts, and that has been a way of escaping that temptation. Another I know who has put blockers on his phone, allowing, only allowing certain websites, and that has been a way for him to see victory. Again, we have to have wisdom and discernment as we navigate these temptations. What might be a way of escape for one person might not be the solution for another. Walking with God in college is hard. This seems to be a time where there are lots of temptations. Let's take these truths, let's take these action steps, and see how God provides our way of escape.